This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by OnePassword.com. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I am Jason DeFilippo here with my co-host. I'm Brian Schulmeister. How you doing, Brian? Um, well, I'm in a basement. It's very cold. Uh, I walked outside and everything was white. I've never <laughs> been in whiteout conditions before. Uh, it's been snowing nonstop for 12 hours and supposed to continue for another 12. Uh, but I found out that because it gets so cold here, I'm down in the basement. There, there was a little closet and I opened it up and there was beer in there. Ah, there you go. <clears throat> so it's the emergency. It's the Canadian emergency uh, storage locker. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? And I got my maple cookies. No, thanks to you. <laughs> See, I figured that they had them. It's not it's not like an exclusive. It's not like poutine or, or you know, a decent unpasteurized beer. It is a little tough to get, but uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Here's the here's a pro tip for anybody that's been listening and had a had a hankering for some maple cookies. Trader Joe's maple cookies. They are made uh, in Canada and they taste exactly the same like the ones you get up there. So oh, good. I'm not going to hear this bitching anymore then. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've known not to put my faith in you for anything. So that's OK. Well, it's not like I could just hand them to you. If you had still been in L.A., it would have been no problem. Oh, that, you, you, you went up there and didn't give them to me when I lived in L.A. too. So y- your, your point is moot. <laughs> to be fair, you lived in the Valley. That might as well be a different country. That's true. That's true. You, points for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that one slide. <laughs> okay, so a little follow-up. I found an, uh, an article on Elon Musk from Playboy, of all places, uh, no who, nudes. Yeah, no nudes anymore. Uh, he's actually talking about the free basic income. Yes, he did bring it up uh, way back in the day. Uh, it's true. I forgot to ever even mention that since we started bringing it up. Yeah, he's he's uh, he knows it's coming. So and he's smart because he's a part of the problem. <laughs> yes, he is part of the problem. All these things that are making me lots of money are going to screw all of you. So let's start talking about that. Yeah, we need a way for you to have some money so you can buy my things that make me money. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing that these people always forget. Once we are screwed and we have no money, uh, you will eventually have no money, too, because we can't buy anything. Right. And when we have no money and you have all the money, then comes the uh, the burning of the yachts and the, the civil uprising. In the news. Well, we said we wouldn't really talk about politics unless it uh, entered our realm. It, or if it bled into our realm and somebody has uh, cut an artery because it is bleeding all <laughs> over us today. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Trump had his tech summit yesterday with, uh, you know, all the head honchos of all the big companies. Zuck oh, wasn't and, there, and, but. Uh, uh, and his daughter and his two sons. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's two points about that. A, what the fuck are they doing in the room? Yeah. Uh, period. And. uh <laughs> They uh, they snubbed Twitter. Jack Dorsey wasn't allowed to come they, because they claimed that, uh, well, the conference table wasn't big enough. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Completely glossing over the whole thing that uh, they're actually still pissed about the crooked Hillary emoji scandal back in the day, which is. Yeah, I mean, people are saying that there's also the fact that uh, Dorsey was very outspoken about how Twitter would not in any way, shape or form help uh, build a Muslim registry, as it were. Uh, They are the only tech company that came out, said that they would not help. And somehow they're the only tech company that wasn't at this table. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah, no, we're dealing with a five-year-old with a Twitter account here who is going to be running the country at this point. Saying, no, you wouldn't let me play with your hashtags. No, you won't make my toys. Yeah, this is. He should, he should, yeah, he should be bowing at the altar of Twitter. I don't think he'd be president if it wasn't for Twitter. I know. Well, you know, Jack should have canceled. Just close the account. <laughs> close the account. You oh. sir, close the account. Yeah, there's no room at the table. Oh, we're out of database room. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it was a it was an interesting meeting in which uh, Trump basically turned around and and along with uh, Locker Up and everything else that he was saying throughout his campaign, uh, did a complete three or what is it a one eighty or three sixty? What are we going? Three sixty gets you back to where you're going. So it's a one eighty. Okay, he did a complete one eighty, and uh, yeah, now you know everything's fine. Well, he's not going to shut down Amazon. Yeah, Apple, you're cool. It's all good. We're, we're going to do nothing but help you. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the you'll call me or you'll call my people. There's no formal chain of command around here. You're yeah. the motherfucking president. There's supposed to be a fucking formal chain of command. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, too. It's like, oh, uh, uh, th- throw me a DM anytime and uh, get me on yeah, the horn. You know, hey, do it. Do it. My friends do try messenger. If I don't respond there, DM me. If you don't get me there, try WhatsApp. I may or may not be on that. Hey, whatever. You know, no formal chain. None whatsoever. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, it's good times. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So w- this is this is going to be interesting. And all of the tech people who are just like, yeah, fuck Trump. Yeah, we're not going to deal with any of bowing at the altar, sticking their nose in the they. trough. Of course they are, because Trump's good for business. We all know that. He's going to let these people do anything that they want to do. Watching the stock market rise, which, oh, by the way, I've had a couple conversations with people here in Canada land. Uh, Obviously, there's been a lot of what the hell America. Um, But there are a few people up here that are kind of Trumpian. I mean, you get them everywhere. And they're like, hey, stock market, good, right? And I was like, do you own any stock? Oh, no, you don't. Okay, so, so who you're, cares? <laughs> you're pro-Trump because you think the stock market is rising, which does not affect you in any way, shape, or form because you have no stock. Yep. <laughs> Again, this is most of the people. Yeah, this is the you know the, the winning, the winning uh, electorate. So good times. There we go. Um, and uh, if you want to get a good read, this comes from theoutline.com. It's called Valley of the Dolts. Silicon Valley's <laughs> power brokers want you to think they're different, but they're just average robber barons. It's a long read, but it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, and, you know, kind of what I've been saying about Uber since day one and Airbnb and all of these Facebook companies. and Apple Facebook and everybody. And- and Twitter wishes, but they just can't figure out how to rob anything. <laughs> I know <laughs> they're the guys that they're, they're just sitting in the in the on the corner as everybody like drives away in their uh, their limos. Yeah. We'll tweet for millions. <laughs> yeah, Jack Dorsey has to take an Uber. Everybody else has a helicopter and a jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get uh, let's move back to our favorite new pet peeve. Since I've opened your eyes to it, since I pulled <laughs> the AI wool away from your eyes, Jason. <laughs> Uh, another article, I, I put this in for two reasons. First, it's Christmas time. Um, and then secondly, the AI aspect again, uh, the, the title is this AI's attempt to write a Christmas carol is absolutely bone chilling. First off, not an AI. Second, not bone chilling, <laughs> not bone chilling, but still Merry Christmas and definitely creepy. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. research, <laughs> researchers in Toronto. So apparently I could go, uh, find them and hit them upside the head for doing this, uh, have used a technology called neural karaoke to teach a computer to write a song <laughs> after looking at a photo. <laughs> 
And the little Carol had penned after viewing a festive Christmas tree is an absolutely horrifying display of what these things think of us. It's actually quite an amusing song. It is. It's funny, but it's, yeah, it's... I enjoyed it. It is janky. Yeah, definitely not going to pass the Turing test anytime soon on that one. No, but, you know, flowers, pretty flowers, flowers, and flowers. (laughs) Okay, so there's an article in the New York Times. This is a big one. It's a New York Times magazine called The Great AI Awakening. Dun-dun-dun. Yes. How Google used artificial intelligence to transform Google Translate, one of its more popular services, and how machine learning is poised to reinvent computing itself. Now, it's at this point... I actually got out the dictionary because I thought we should have a baseline. <laughs> I thought we should have a baseline in this in this argument that you know, they're just this this AI side of things. So we have a baseline on what the hell we're talking about because we keep saying that's not AI, that's not AI, that's not AI. So let's go to the Oxford English Dictionary okay. to get us a baseline definition. And here it is. Okay. The theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks normally requiring human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision making, and translation between languages. So, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, Google is actually using AI for their translation algorithms. Okay. Interesting. So, we're, that's a different one. Than, so, that one actually, you know, passes the test. Right. The uh, I don't see anything about writing Christmas carols in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, this would not, we could, I guess we've been wrong all along, Jason, and and it takes big podcasters to admit they've been wrong, but this is not what I would traditionally define as artificial intelligence. Right, I still think of, yeah, yeah, general AI. Yeah. I don't know, there's so many definitions of it out there, and right now it's a buzzword. It's like the cloud. It's the cloud of 2016. Yes, this is if we had the uh, wired uh, back in 20 years ago, the wired buzzwords we knew. This, this is the word we'd have to use in our Monday meeting. Yes, this would be the push of the day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're never going to live that one down. <laughs> uh, Amazon. Yes. They have finally made their first delivery with Prime Air. Yes. Uh, say 13, was it 13? It's 13 minutes or 13 miles. There's, there's a 13 in there somewhere. But it, uh, right. yeah, this dude ordered uh, some Amazon swag and some doggy treats. And uh, so they literally have two customers right now as they roll this thing out. I watched the video yeah. and it's kind of cool. I like their little their little system for, you know, packaging things up and rolling out the drones. I think it's kind of neat. It is. It's definitely neat. Uh, I, I can see this rolling out in rural areas. I, I don't see how this is going to work in a city anytime soon, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Um. But yes, they they only have two customers right now, and soon they're going to be ramping up to dozens, dozens, I tell you, dozens, (laughs) taking over the world. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because the the drone that they showed in the video was not one I'd seen yet. No, we have never seen a photo of this one before. It's pretty groovy looking. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's not sexy. But it'll do the job. Yeah, I think what this one's doing, it's got this main housing on it, and I think that's where the engines are. And it's probably run by some kind of uh, geared system to run the the actual rotors. It might not have, because most drones have brushless motors on each each quadrant. But maybe to keep the sound down, because they said it was silent, and they must have some new motor technology if it's silent, because I've never seen a silent drone. <laughs> Those things are loud. You know what, uh, what uh, Trump asked Bezos? What? Can you make it silent but deadly? Oh, well, <laughs> I can't even I can't even go go with that one. <laughs> so check it out. They're actually doing their thing in England because we wouldn't let them do it here. Well, that's about to change. 
Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you thought was sacred is out the window yeah. now. <laughs> you remember that bit about we can't fly drones over large groups of people? Have at it. Have at it. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> well, there's an article in QZ.com, which I love. It's Quartz is uh, yep. the, the website, which I, I've been really finding some good stuff on there. They've got a, an article that says truckers think automation won't take their jobs for 40 years. Silicon Valley strongly disagrees. Well, I, this is you and I have been going back and forth on this um, for for weeks now. You know, it's one story is here it comes. Uh, the next story is this isn't going to happen for 30 years. Um, I'm starting to side more and more with the it's about to happen any day now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get to a, a few more stories about this real soon, but because it happened yesterday. I, yeah, I think this is I think we're getting closer and closer to the, you know, the three year mark than the because I think when we started talking about it, we said five years and that was two years ago. So yeah. eventually, yeah. by the yeah. time we <laughs> this podcast ends, we will have self-driving cars and one will probably come and take us out. Yes. By the time an AI is doing this podcast. Yep, <laughs> exactly. We'll have that new or, uh, Adobe technology so we can just type in our words and let it run without us. And we will script everything. We'll have Perl scripts to actually create our podcast. Scrapers for the websites. We don't have to show up. Oh, Even- thank God. Our, our our outdated programming skills will be use- useful again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting uh, read because it's come comes from the trucking side of it where the, the you know the actual trucking companies yeah and then the technologists and it's it's going to be interesting because what they're uh, purporting is what they think that it's going to be you're just going to have total automation and like two big players like Walmart and Amazon will be going head to head with trucking makes sense which totally makes sense those are the two biggest you know shippers right now yep so we'll see how that goes and plays out but i you know it's interesting that the truckers are uh, taking the long road with it. And I, I just want to say, uh, history's not on your side there, guys. It really isn't. No, I'd, I'd start learning Pearl right now. <laughs> well, maybe not Pearl. <laughs> okay, maybe not Pearl. God, I hope not Pearl. <laughs> Anything but Pearl. Yeah, we want to be the last two people left that can still do it. <laughs> I know, yeah, job security. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, the <laughs> here here comes the big batch here. Uh, the DMV has added Nvidia to their list of companies that are allowed to test autonomous vehicles in California. Guess who's not oh, on that list? My old desktop PC. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Your your, your 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 computer will be able to drive you to the store. Nice. I can just sit on top of my old desktop. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in a little bit, we'll be talking about Uber because they're not on the list. Hmm. Mm. But there's uh, some new interesting tech that's coming out there. The U.S. government might start to mandate that cars actually speak to each other to avoid crashes in the future. I'm down with this. It's a little bit weird privacy wise, but we're already screwing the pooch on privacy left, right and center. Um, I've seen some white papers on this for a long time now. The idea that you would just kind of basically have um, local level Wi-Fi that's just pinging everybody around you so you don't crash. Yeah. Yeah. What could go wrong there? Everything. <laughs> of course, everything. <laughs> yes. No, that's not a brick building. That's that's some foam, foam rubber that you can just crash into and have a nap. A yeah. Dirt well, nap. I mean, outside of the fact that how easy would it be to go ahead and hack the Wi-Fi system? And basically, you could just sit there in your house, project out and make cars uh, do drastic U-turns or you veer off to the right suddenly for no reason other than, hey, I figured out how to do this. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be encrypted and it's probably not going to be Wi-Fi, hopefully. Um, oh, encrypting solves everything, doesn't it? Let's get to the security segment. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. 
um, they say that they're supposed to only have like, you know, a 300 foot radius for the cars. But of course, anybody with a Pringles can and a Wi-Fi uh, setup can tell you that's uh, that's not really realistic. No, and depending on speeds, 300 feet ain't enough anyways. No, it's not at all. No, it's so, uh, yeah. yeah, you need you need full stopping distance at, you know, 120 miles an hour. Exactly. Plus, you know, room to room to breathe. Well, I mean, isn't that that's also one of the supposed big pluses of automation and things like that is we can drastically increase road speeds because we're no longer worried about the the human element. Right. So. Right. No. And if yeah. you know instantly that the car in front of you is stopping. Uh, it, so there, there's some math that goes along with that. Like that car, the braking distance for that car has to factor into your braking distance. So you're both slowing down. It's not like you're going to have a wall in front of you. So they, you yeah. know, they're slowing down. But if they have better brakes than you do, then the math goes out the window on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But, yeah, no, I think that there needs to be standards for this inner intercommunication between automobiles for sure. And I think the just the the basic so I can see what five cars in front of me see, you know, if we're going. So if a, if a car five cars up hits a deer, then everybody slows down to avoid proportionally. Well, thank God the tech industry has a long history of adopting standards. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a great okay. thing about the newest standard then, you know. Somebody will make a yep. new one tomorrow. <laughs> I'm glad my Betamax car didn't screw up too much with your uh, v- VHS car over there. Yeah. Make sure your <laughs> NVIDIA PC doesn't get in the way. <laughs> You've got your NVIDIA yeah. in my beta. You've got your beta in my NVIDIA. Yeah. Good times. Well, uh, Google's self-driving car project finally got a name. Uh, I've seen this name. Would you like to? Would you like to tell us what that name is? Well, when I initially looked at it, I thought it said Whammo, and I was like, that's a horrible name. <laughs> I'm like, well, isn't that trademarked from the 70s, from the Frisbees and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, but no, it's Waymo. So, you know, a freaking horribly stupid name. Um, yeah, so they've been doing this for about, what, seven years now. Um, they are still just saying they will bring robot-controlled vehicles to the masses within the next few years. Again, I think you're right, Jason. I think we're two three years out, and except for Uber, which did it yesterday. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah, uh, so the Google funky looking car it's a pod like car with no steering wheel and brake pads uh it drove a legally blind passenger around neighborhoods in austin texas without another human in the vehicle which marked the first time one of the project's cars had given a passenger a ride uh so there you go and now it's got a name and its name is waymo and that's a lame name and i love that let's put a blind person in for the test just in case (laughs) well you know if something goes wrong he won't know what we can blame it on something else yeah Uh, speaking of blaming on something else, yes, mm-hmm. Uber's self-driving cars have expanded to San Francisco. Um, my friend Jordan actually saw one uh, the other day when he was driving up to the city. He's like, hey, there's a self-driving Uber in town. And this was before it was really announced, like a couple right. days before it was announced. And uh, yeah, they threw some cars in town. And then the first day, caught on video, going through a, going through a red light. Ran a red light. I also love the fact that Uber just continuing with what they do all the time. They don't give a fuck about anything. Uh, they just went ahead and did this, even though it wasn't legal. Right. And the DMV yeah. is just going, uh, you guys can't do that. That's why NVIDIA actually even a, car, a graphics card company who is on the ropes right now has gone out and got approved to do this. And yes. you and your billions of dollars can't take 15 fucking minutes to fill out a form so you can be approved. You yep, assholes. That, that's, that's Uber. That's Uber in a nutshell. Yes. And even better, 
They're saying they're, they're throwing the driver under the bus on this one. They're saying uh, it wasn't under autonomous control. And, then, and they're trying to spin this saying, see, this is why we need autonomous cars, because if it was under autonomous control, it wouldn't have blown the red light. But we had a human behind the wheel and he had to pee. So he had to get over to the Chipotle and take a leak. So he ran the red light. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, doesn't, well. it doesn't matter either way. It's like, yeah, your, your Uber ran a red light. And uh, yes. if you're if you're going to have these things be autonomous on the streets, you need to make sure you have to have a sign outside that says under autonomous control or under human control. So people know. Or as the DMV politely states, we have a permit process in place to ensure public safety as this technology is being tested. So get in line. Yep. Like everybody else. And get your damn permit. But Uber doesn't really care about this stuff. So nope. Uber, the, the Airbnb of the road, the Airbnb of the road. That's exactly right. Uber is currently also being sued uh, by, well, one of their own who got <laughs> fired by Uber because he whistle blew. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, his name is uh, Ward Spangenberg. Spangenberg. Yes, he's uh, he's 45 years old, and he, he says he dealt with age discrimination. Shocking. As well as retali- retaliation for blowing the whistle on alleged security lapses and other problems at the company. He was fired 11 months after he started. Um, he basically blew the whistle on the fact that Uber was using its God view which is literally what they call it, um, the, basically to track high-profile people, politicians, celebrities, even personal acquaintances. So people that had access to Godview were tracking their exes. Um, I believe Beyonce was one of the, one of the uh, celebrities specifically uh, targeted. I'm like, what's Beyonce doing riding an Uber? Yeah, seriously. When you have gazillions of dollars, what the hell are you doing in an Uber? Anyways, uh, so yeah, so a bunch of employees, again, Uber is throwing the employees under the bus here, saying that they never authorized this sorts of things, and it's the employees' faults, and we're not going to fire them, though. We're just going to fire the guy that told people about it. Yeah, the fun thing about this is <laughs> we had the same conversation about the NSA how long ago? Well, like yeah. two years ago when the Snowden leaks came out, we're like, oh yeah, the NSA employees are watching their ex-girlfriends and doing all this other stuff. Yes. Uh, and so if the NSA can't figure out how to stop people from abusing this power, then wh- how do you think a private company who doesn't give a fuck about anything is going to handle that? They don't care. Exactly. They don't care. What we are continually to learn, what we're basically just continuing to learn is that absolute power corrupts people. Absolutely. So God view, shockingly, corrupted people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So not surprising as, as as somebody who has worked in the tech industry for long enough and has always had access to the bit database and we've always abused it every fucking time period. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you know with when you're a kid and you're a programmer you have fun. That's exactly yeah. how many women actually signed up for this. Let's see. Hmm. Well, no, <laughs> so any of them live around here. No, my, my still my favorite one was putting uh George Bush impeachment on the homepage of Technorati. And then it nice. became a trending topic and then it got into the headline news. So there you go. <laughs> it's easy enough to spin this stuff. It is. Uh, that's how we got our new president. So uh, the AI winter isn't coming, uh, according to the MIT technology review. <laughs> um, apparently, what usually happens with AI is it gets a hot streak, then it cools down. And then it gets a hot streak, then it cools down. And they're saying, nope, it's hot now. It has ignited and we cannot get rid of it. So that's because we also can't seem to define it. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. When, when something is amorphous and uh, undefined, you can uh, pretty much say it is what any what it, whatever it is. You can have your Perl script that is just a simple, uh, simple <laughs> yes. chat bot become A.I., 
if your marketing team dubbed all it so. All of a sudden, yes, all of a sudden pattern recognition is AI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, back to Amazon for a second. Yes. Uh, the workers that uh, at their Fife warehouse in Scotland mm-hmm. apparently decide to get some tents and stay outside in the freezing cold instead of going home at night because it costs too much to go home. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, workers in the warehouse allegedly have to pay around $12.69 a day to take the company-arranged buses to work and back, and they only make $9.33 an hour. So it it costs quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is I'm pretty sure in Silicon Valley, those buses you don't pay for if you're working at Amazon. So, Or actually, Amazon's in Seattle, but uh, the Yahoo buses and the Google buses, those guys just kind of run. So why can't Amazon just pay for the damn bus? Yeah. I don't or strap your workers to a drone and fly them home. <laughs> fly them in. You can test things out there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, another uh, another Amazon horror story from one of their warehouses. So. Yeah, uh, Magic Leap. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the super promised technology that was going to revolutionize augmented reality is apparently way behind the ball, and Microsoft with their Hololens is uh, actually doing much better. Oh boy! Yeah, this comes from The Verge, and uh, that's great. You know. Hey, as Look, long as somebody's kicking ass with it, everybody I know that's tried the HoloLens says it's pretty badass. So, yeah, I, I really want to check it out. And you and I have been talking about how Microsoft has really hit their stride right now, apparently. Anyway, so if they're hitting something else out of the park, that's fantastic. I'm, I, I definitely want to try it. I'm, I'm well into AR. I think it's fantastic. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, just like any movie that doesn't screen itself for critics before it opens, if we've seen nothing from your technology for three years now, there ain't nothing there. Well, they have been about, you know, four or five months ago, they actually started doing the in, you know, in device demos and passing them off to us. And we actually talked about it on the show and we had a couple in our show notes and I've seen a couple other demos that came out of it and it looked pretty cool. Yeah. In a very, very controlled environment. Exactly. Very controlled. So we don't know what it would be like in a normal, uh, you know, just a <laughs> the wild west of the real world. Yeah, well, and and I do know one thing. Um, if if your PR department is debailing on you, you're you're dead, because uh, that's the easiest job in the world for for most of these tech companies is to run PR, and their chief PR executive uh, just bailed on them. So, oof, I have a feeling they're in trouble. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good sign for a tech company. No, because when you're dealing with vaporware, that's the greatest job for PR. They can just make shit up all day. Yeah, they just make <laughs> crap up the whole time and get paid a ton of money for it. And uh, when they start jumping ship on you, you're in trouble. Yeah, fun times. Well, sorry, Magic Leap. Hopefully they will make a leap that uh, is not so magic <laughs> and get us something that we can play with. Um, but you're now able to play with Instagram's live video. Yay. Oh, joy. <laughs> Another yeah. live video streaming service. This one, once the broadcasts are finished, they're kaput. They cannot be replayed. They are gone off into the ether. They are no more. They have ceased Exi- to be. Existing only on Instagram's personal servers forever <laughs> and ever. So or, they're not gone. <laughs> or anybody that had their phone attached to their computer and was screen crapping, screen, screen crapping, screen, screen capping crap. the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I I already don't look at Instagram stories. I'm not going to be looking at Instagram's live video. If I have a friend that actually does Facebook live, I unfriend them. I don't care. 
<laughs> I've actually enjoyed some of my friends' Facebook Live. And, and I did try one of the Instagram Live uh, video things. Seth from the Grime Life podcast did one right when it first came out. And uh, Seth put a shirt on, is all I got to say. And uh, you See, know. there you go. And here's why I don't do that. <laughs> there you go. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by 1Password.com. 1Password is simply the best password manager on the market today. And like the name suggests, you only need to remember 1Password to get access to all of your login credentials, secure notes, software licenses, credit cards, bank accounts, the list goes on. They just released version 6.5 for iOS with a ton of new features. 1Password has a brand new first run experience. It's now easier than ever to get started with 1Password for first time users. You can pay for your 1Password.com account subscription right from the app using automatically renewing in-app purchase subscriptions. And the Apple Watch app is now a native app, and items from 1Password.com accounts can be added directly to your Apple Watch for passwords on the go. I've been using 1Password since 2009 as a standalone app, but the new 1Password.com experience is the next evolution, and I'm extremely excited about it. Since you listen to this show, you know by now that you should never, ever, ever reuse a password for anything. Just because a website is secure today, that doesn't mean your data will remain safe forever, and reusing passwords is one of the easiest ways to have your data and identity compromised. Just look at the Yahoo hacks if you want a glaring reminder of what can go wrong. 1Password.com solves that problem. You can keep all of your information secure and synced across all of your devices and computers with no annoying configuration. Just sign in with your account and it syncs. No fuss, no muss. Head over to 1Password.com and choose the type of account that works best for you. Are you a lone wolf like myself, or are you a family man like Brian? Are you a business person who has a team of employees? Well, you're in luck, because 1Password.com has accounts for every type of user. 1Password families and 1Password teams include secure sharing of data using shareable vaults within the family or team. 1Password teams offers advanced admin tools and access controls, because Janet from HR really doesn't need root on the Gibson. Once you sign up, you can install the 1Password apps on as many computers and devices as you own. Whether at home or at work, you get free updates to all the apps for the lifetime of your account. With the digital wallet, you can securely store your credit cards, receipts, and more and access them on any device. Save and fill out passwords, credit cards, and addresses into web pages with a single click. And with 1Password Watchtower, you receive around-the-clock security alerts for services and sites that you use. Use tools like Security Audit to find duplicate and weak passwords and improve them with the Strong Password Generator. Helpful and friendly, free, one-on-one -on -one support is available from Agile Bits employees whenever you need it. Everything is secured using Strong AES-256 encryption. So there's no reason to delay. Go to OnePassword.com today and get secure. Security? Ha! And we're back for security this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire here to make us scared. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. Good, good to be back. Um, we preemptively well, told you to go away last week. <laughs> I know. I know. But way to make a guy feel wanted. Uh, no, it's good to be back uh, one more time before the new year. And it's a good thing, actually, because there's lots to talk about this week. Oh, there is. Uh, <laughs> billions and uh, billions of things. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, if only Carl Sagan were still around. Um, a Yeah, Yahoo uh, has announced that uh, more than a billion customer accounts were compromised way back in August of 2013. And this is distinct from the breach of uh, 500 million accounts that the company disclosed back in September of this year. I th okay, let me stop you right there. 
They had a billion users. That's no, I don't believe that Yahoo ever had a billion users. It is interesting. I mean, I actually looked it up today. There, there are, you know, seven and a half billion people on the planet. Um, so, but you figure between people having multiple accounts, businesses having accounts, it's, uh, also, you know, it's plausible. They had a very popular IM client for a long time, mm. which required you to sign up for, for Yahoo, which is the only reason I ever signed up for Yahoo. Okay. So the, theoretically, they could have had a billion people on Yahoo. Yes. How did they screw that up? I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> right. I don't know, but well, maybe a CEO that's getting paid millions upon millions per year might have done something about it. No, no. <laughs> no, okay. never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, Yahoo was, you know, historically known for, for underspending on security. So, um, you know, not surprising that this uh, this might have affected them, especially given the half a billion accounts that were, <laughs> that were disclosed as being breached uh, earlier in the year. Um, but Yahoo did confirm that the user data is genuine. Um, they they don't know who did it. Uh, of course, Yahoo is saying that it's um, a state-sponsored actor. Of course. Um, and, you know, saying that it's probably Russia. Um, InfoArmor, uh, which is a, a well-known cybersecurity uh, company, they reached out to us and said that um, they aren't sure that they believe it's a state-sponsored hack. Um, they think that it's probably and InfoArmor um, investigated the previous Yahoo hack. They're saying that it's probably um, criminals doing it, you know, for all the reasons the criminals do these sorts of hacks. It's a 400 um, however, pound hacker in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they they also pointed out that um, when it comes to Russia and criminal hacking, that often it is a distinction without a difference between, um, you know, state sponsored and uh and, you know, Russian mobsters, for example, that there, there's a lot of back and forth between those groups. And when it's convenient, uh, they have been known to help each other out. So, right. Um, I think the, the real take home with this, though, for the listeners is obviously um, if you, you have a Yahoo account, uh, what uh, experts are recommending is that you go in, you log into that account, delete any emails or any other information that you have in there. If you did answer any of the personal questions, they're saying go in and change them to just, you know, something nonsensical because these, um, you know, these records are often don't go away even if they say they've been deleted. Even if you delete it, it doesn't mean that the record goes away. Um, it's also brought up a really good conversation about, is it the time, have we reached the time when these personal questions need to go away? Because, uh, or at least that it, it, you shouldn't answer truthfully to them. These questions are designed to be something that's easy for your average person to remember who's not, uh, you know, who's not keeping a database of all of the, their passwords for, for all the different places. So, you know, the, the history of it makes sense, but it seems as though we may have gotten past the point where that's really useful. And obviously, if you're reusing these, if you're answering them truthfully on more than one, more, on more than one uh, uh, place, then uh, perhaps it's time to go in and... Um, just start changing them to random answers. Um, you know, did like it can treat it like a password. You know, a random string of characters is the best way to go. And the one thing that I mean, obviously, everybody sign up for onepassword.com. They support the show. We love them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a we we posted a link to um, the story from The Verge about this uh, about this hack. I also posted a story. Uh, on the CyberWire site, we did a, a nice little rundown, a, a gathering up all of the uh, the information we got from people all over the industry about you know what it is, uh, who it affects, 
and what you should do about it. So um, it's a nice little uh, more more um, little industry insider um, uh, tech discussion of what's going on here. So there's a link to that as well. And that would be at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 190. There you go. There you go. Um, moving on, uh, interesting new ransomware that came out uh, in the past week that sort of evolved to uh, become a real thing. This it's is one of the most insidious time. things I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's genius. Just when it's, you... <laughs> it's game theory, like brought to ransomware. It's awesome. <laughs> You know, it kind of is uh, in, in a in a in an evil kind of way. Um, you know, just when you think people couldn't get any more despicable, uh, this ransomware called Popcorn Time, which uh, has nothing to do with the Popcorn Time, um, you know, movie piracy and downloading app. This is kind uh, of out of Black Mirror. It's like, okay, we're gonna let you off, but you have to infect your mom and your grandmother. Right. Right. So the way Popcorn Time works is, you know, it's it's like any ransomware, it gets on your system, uh, it starts encrypting things, and it pops up a message that says, if you don't pay us, you know, we will start uh, erasing things, or, you know, if you want to get your stuff back, you have to usually send us uh, some some amount of Bitcoin in order to get your stuff back. What's uh, particularly bad about Popcorn Time, where the innovation is with Popcorn Time, is that uh, you can, if you basically rat out two of your friends, infect two of your friends, and two of your friends pay the ransom, they will unlock your files for free. <laughs> so amazing. evil. So evil. I kind of I kind of yeah. like it, though. I'm just like, that's well, that's pretty clever. You got to give them points for, for being clever. Um, you know, it, it is not uh, we, we don't we don't know how successful it's going to be. Um, this doesn't seem to be a particularly sophisticated bit of ransomware in terms of how it's been coded. And um, so we'll see if uh, someone comes up with a crack for it. Um, but there haven't been uh, stories yet of it really circulating widely in the wild. So we're going to have to stay tuned with this one. But, uh, you know, interesting innovation. Hey, man, everybody's got to at least they're trying something new, you know, <laughs> <laughs> at least they're at least they're moving things, moving things forward. They pivoted. They pivoted from the old school model of just eh, here's a gun. Give us your money. So right. now it's. Uh, now it's like, oh yeah, here we go. Let's just, uh, yeah, you know, rat out your friends just to just yeah. to get a few more Bitcoin. That's how it works. Yeah, uh, Jason, you, you, yeah, Jason, you had some follow up on the uh, the San Francisco Muni uh, uh, rant uh, hacker. Yes, this was genius. Uh, a security researcher who wishes to remain nameless hacked back at the uh, <laughs> the hacker who hacked Muni, and he did it by guessing their security questions. Go figure. We're just talking about that. <laughs> exactly. So he went in and and uh, got two email accounts from the person who actually hacked the Muni and took over his email accounts. So good on you. And of course, he wishes to remain nameless because there's apparently some smart people in in uh, computer security out there. So if you don't well, take credit, you don't become it's still a target. Illegal to hack somebody back. So, yeah. Well, there's that. There is that. But if, if the email accounts are housed in Russia, then is that still illegal? Well, I don't know. That's Does the bear question. shit in the that, woods? That is, a, <laughs> that is a good question. So this one's kind of interesting. Ford has recently published a new patent, and uh, people are kind of on the fence about this, freaking it out. Uh, it's about crowdsourcing your, your cameras in your car, your new autonomous driving car, or anything with a camera, to be able to do license plate sniffing to see other cars around you and get vehicle identification for 
uh, people in the cloud around you, the road cloud, as it mm-hmm. were. Um, it's a it's a patent. It doesn't mean they're going to implement it. And they're saying it's mainly for, uh, you know, theft. So it's like, OK, if you're if your Ford F-150 was stolen and somebody else picks it up in their escort, <laughs> it'll call right. the police and tell you where you're at. This also goes into things like uh, Amber Alerts and, uh, you know, that kind of thing where it's like trying to find stolen property. Now, do you really think that uh, this kind of patent is a good thing or a bad thing, guys? Well, uh, I think it's an interesting thing. It got me thinking about, um, you know, at, at what, the thing I think about with, with cameras, pretty much every car these days comes with a rear-facing camera, mm-hmm. you know, a backup camera. Um, so it got me thinking about, you know, how is the signal from that camera integrated into the rest of the computing devices in the car? What does that pass through? Is there a way with most new cars, well, many new cars coming with uh, internet connectivity built in, um, how is that camera separated from the connection to the internet? In- interesting, you know, interesting thing to think about. I don't know the answer to that, but it's something to think about. Um, and also, yeah. you know, my, my thought experiment kind of goes to what happens when, like, you look at all the video that they have out from Tesla's right now and all the cameras and what the cameras are seeing. What happens when they actually, you know, start piping that video into facial recognition software and license plate data and everything else? You, you, you basically have a global surveillance system that's on the road 24-7, always gathering data. Um, yeah. Who needs those drones? Exactly. We're doing it to ourselves. Um, and, and it could just be a checkbox on the, you know, the terms of service. It's like, oh, uh, you know, like when you start up your new Mac, it's like, would you like to send crash data to Apple? It's like, would you like to send, you know, data back to Tesla from your cameras? It's like, oh, so then when there's an Amber Alert or, you know, there's a bank robbery in the neighborhood, then they just put out a bolo on this face. Let's go find this face and all the cars driving around. Then you are you are literally in the land of minority report at that time. Yep. Well, and I could imagine a, a company saying, hey, you know, we will uh, we'll give you a free Internet connection for your car if you will give us access to your car's exterior cameras. Yep. Or free coupons to well, Starbucks to get that fancy new Christmas cup. Or, yeah. or the realistic one, which already exists, the insurance companies. Yeah. That, that, let us let us have access to that data and we'll lower your standard rate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of things that are going to happen with this. When we have cameras in every car, we already have the problem with security cameras in every home uh, and getting in what, yeah, what happens when your, uh, when your uh, Ford Focus is now part of the Mirai botnet. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I mean, it really is a a shifting notion of what constitutes privacy and a reasonable expectation of privacy. Or even ownership. I mean, I've always gotten upset with these things when, when I know there's a camera on my car, why can't I access that data? Where's that data being stored? What, what's it going to? Why can't I see it? Why isn't there a login for my car? Because they don't right. want to give you one. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, I just thought that was a, an interesting thought experiment based on this new patent. And, they, you know, a lot of the times these, co- these car companies put these patents in just so nobody else can use them. It's like, sure. oh, everybody's going to think of this at some point. Let's get a break on it. And uh, so then it's in our portfolio. So then we can charge everybody else a nickel when they put it into their car. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Did you guys check out the Snowden Q&A with Jack Dorsey this week? 
They did uh, it I on did Periscope. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Uh, I have not had time to check that out. What? Uh, what's your take on it? I watched about fifteen minutes of it, and it was it was a good Q and A. I want to go back and watch it again. It's a, it's about an hour long. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Um, they've got a pretty good interface on the web if you want to go and watch it with. Uh, in, in if you watch it in the embed from Periscope, it's square, obviously. But right. th- th- what? is nice about the Periscope website is they actually show you the widescreen version so you can actually see everything that's going on. Um, otherwise, most of the time when oh, Jack Dorsey's yeah. on camera, he's cut off because he's off to the right. <laughs> it's, it's like letterboxing oh, in the old days. <laughs> so you can right. see like Putin off to the side. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, the link will be in the show notes. I, I definitely thought it was interesting because especially since we talked about earlier in the show, the fact that Twitter was not invited to the, uh, the you know, the Trump estates for the big meeting at the board table because there weren't enough seats, but uh, maybe Jack was busy talking to Snowden and uh, not building the Muslim registry. So yes. <laughs> another fine, another fine uh, pickle you've got Twitter into there, Jack. So uh, last one I've got is 150 filmmakers are asking Nikon and Canon to actually encrypt the data that is being saved on the SD cards. This is very smart. I yep. never even thought about this until I, w- I was reading this article. It's like when Laura Poitras was sitting there filming Snowden, th- somebody could have broken in and grabbed the, uh, grabbed the SD cards and had all of the footage. Yep. But if you can password protect those cards as they're actually saving the data, you know, put in your own like PGP key or whatever kind of security key for the encryption, then, you know, it it, it becomes, or, as, as Dave Bittner would say, a sticky wicket. Or at the very <laughs> least you could put in your mother's maiden name in the street you grow up on <laughs> yeah, that's your porn card <laughs> you know i know i have friends who are who are uh camera people who travel around and do these sorts of things and i know it's common practice to um to basically have a set of decoy cards in the camera while you're traveling around um you know like if you shot some footage of of anything any any card that's been used you put that somewhere hidden um but then you put decoy cards in the actual cameras so if you have a run-in with anyone you know in a foreign country or whatever they confiscate your camera they look in the camera they go aha we have the cards and uh but they don't actually um this is an interesting thing Uh, you know it actually got me digging around i did some quick searching to find out if there were any existing like sd cards that have hardware encryption built in you know and just sort of puzzling through like how could you do that if you could if you could handle the encryption on the card rather than having it need to be somehow integrated with the hardware of the camera and you know not necessarily easy to do so does it um, exist that seems well odd. it does i found a couple of things i found a story from 2011 about um panasonic samsung sandisk sony and toshiba who are hoping to provide hardware encryption on sd cards for the purposes of distributing movies Huh. But it doesn't doesn't seem like anything came of that. Um, I did find a company uh, that does sell a uh, micro SD card that um, has built-in hardware encryption, and it's designed to go in your uh, you know Galaxy S um, phone um, and you know encrypt. <laughs> it, it sort of does double duty. It, it'll it'll encrypt data on the phone. But it also allows the phone, there's software you can put on the phone that uses the encryption hardware on the chip so you can scramble your voice while you're talking on the phone. <laughs> so you can, you can have your own version of Scream ready to go. 
this all seems redundant as the galaxies already have self-destruct capability. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> yeah. So the only yeah the only thing I'm thinking about with the encrypted SD cards is you know you're dealing with the file system that the the actual camera is writing to so there would right. have to be a microchip that actually takes in the data and transcodes it to an encrypted format and back again so if you're like trying to view your images from right. you know so there has to be some some communication layer there some API that yep. the camera knows so I don't think you could buy a card out of the gate that is quote unquote encrypted even if it had some kind of microchip in it that the camera manufacturer doesn't have an interface to. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same sorts of things. I was thinking, could you make the card, you know, write only when you put it in the camera, you know, and the card would have some kind of logic on it that would sort of, you know, trick the camera into seeing the things that the camera needs to see. But <laughs> every time you, you want to look at your video of Snowden, you just took it, shows you pictures of kittens. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, it's sort of, sort of like that, you know, you wouldn't be able to play the, the footage back in the camera, but if, if, security was your top priority then that's just something you'd have to live with i think the um, best the best the best thing that we could get here is the camera companies stepping up and actually having encrypted file systems on the camera yep no absolutely yep, makes sense absolutely it seems seems like a no-brainer it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to do um so yeah why not i think it's a good thing um they should do it yeah you don't think it's that hard to do but have, have you ever seen the interfaces on consumer electronics come on <laughs> seriously <laughs> Yeah, I guess I should say there's no technical uh, technical yeah. reasons why they couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, imagine putting in your your password into uh, into the back of a, a camera, you know, with a little the little joystick wheel on the back <laughs> of a camera, trying to yeah, fun good times. Yeah, fun it's kind of like kind of like using an <laughs> Xbox remote to put in your your right. Microsoft ID. It takes about six hours, but when you're done, you only yeah. have to do it seven more times because it can't figure out how to save. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, one other thing I want to plug uh, today is uh, we made a funny Star Wars video. Uh, we uh, we took some footage from... Oh, we'll uh, be the judge if it's funny or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, my 10-year-old <laughs> thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so if you like Star Wars, and uh, of course you're, you're a monster if you don't... Uh, Please uh, check out uh, this video. We, we, we think it's pretty fun and uh, sort of a celebration of uh, the new movie and also uh, a little lesson about uh, cybersecurity. I'll ask my date if, if they think it's funny. All right. Fair enough. So Bam Bam Talks? <laughs> you, guys, you guys are so slow. You guys are so slow. You don't even remember last week. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Your date. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you're dating yourself. There you go. Right. Oh, right. Okay. right. Yeah. Thank, thanks, guys. Uh, and I, I think, am I, are we actually done for the rest of the year? We're yes, done, right? This is, uh, this is it for 2016. So uh, good All riddance right. to it. Yeah. Oh, man. All, All right. right. Say hi well, to Bam Bam for us. Yes. So on to 2017. Good talking to everybody. The library. I am uh, totally happy to uh, admit when I'm full of crap and <laughs> I've lied about what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. I said I wasn't going to read any of the new Dune books. A couple months ago, I reviewed one of the new Dune books. I also said I wasn't going to read any more of the Anne Rice uh, Vampire Chronicles. And here I am having just finished the latest Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles. Oh, so you're 15 years old again. Okay. How, how's that new Lestat book? It was actually pretty good. 
Nope. Okay. <laughs> Nobody is more surprised by this than me. <laughs> no, trust me, I am. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a stinking piece of crap because uh, Anne Rice has gone on her own weird ass journey over the years. Um, she became a Jesus freak for a while, was only writing books about Jesus, then kind of became disenchanted with religion as one ought to, uh, and veered back into the vampire territory rather horribly. Um, they were pretty bad books for a while, but they, they started to pick up again. I really did enjoy this one. Um, if you were a fan of the original series and kind of got into it a bit and uh, disappeared for a while, this might be your good re-entry point. Um, it, it was well-written. A lot of the old favorite characters were there. Um, I was worried because, it, you know, here we go, Prince Lestat and the realms of Atlantis. This already <laughs> sounds like it's going to get ridiculous. That sounds uh, right out of the gate. That is the the stupidest title ever. <laughs> It's like, oh, come on. I know. I know. Yet. Uh, oh, next, the next book, Lestat <laughs> in Space. <laughs> I'd probably read that, too. You would. You're such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, it, it wasn't bad. I, it's somewhat of a return to form. I really did enjoy it. It, it wasn't over the top. Uh, as <laughs> How could you say it's not over the top? You're talking about vampires in Atlantis. Come on. <laughs> For a book about a vampire in Atlantis, it's not that over the top. And there you go. There's your show title. <laughs> oh, God. I, I can't do anymore. I'm laughing too hard about the ridiculousness of this, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm sticking with it. Software, apps, and gadgets. The Wynn Hotels in Las Vegas are going to equip... 4,748 hotel rooms with the Amazon Echo. Uh, Steve Wynn says it's seamlessly delicious. Now, <laughs> I I still have problems with my Echo here at home. I yes, <laughs> a lot. Uh, it was turning out. I was what I was I watching last night on TV. I was watching something. Uh, oh, I was watching a Louis C.K. concert, and it kept triggering my Echo over and over. So I had to go in the other room and turn the mute button on. <laughs> To shut right. it up it kept saying i'm sorry i didn't get that i'm sorry i didn't get that i'm like it's a fucking joke <laughs> you're not supposed to get it you're you're yeah you're not ai you don't laugh yet but right well so, i mean I this is a this is a genius marketing move for amazon oh yeah by far i mean it, it gets people somewhat used to the idea of it it'll introduce a whole bunch of people to to the echo that would never have thought of getting it so fantastic move for them so many problems with it. I mean, I can't even imagine the privacy and security nightmare that must be involved, especially if they're doing what they say they're kind of going to do in this article, which is you'll be able to control everything in the room with the Echo. That means a lot of IoT stuff going on, which means a lot, a lot of security concerns. Yes, the the attack surface <laughs> is massive on yes. this one. <laughs> and yeah. The other uh, it, interesting it, thing is it's it's going to be recording everything that's said in every hotel room constantly. Yeah. The, well, the, I mean, you know, there's the privacy aspect of that just with you and I owning them in our house. But when you have it in 5,000 hotel rooms in Vegas, yeah, we what made happens a in Vegas stays in, in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazon brunette. 19 <laughs> years old. Uh, room 256 stat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's some, there's some weird stuff going on in here. I mean, I applaud the idea, but I, I don't, it's not there yet, especially in terms of privacy and security. I mean, 
I seriously doubt this is going to be available straight out of the gate. But I mean, in the article, they're talking about guests will be able to verbally control every aspect of lighting, temperature, the audiovisual components of a hotel room, et cetera, et cetera, which I can't even do in my damn house yet. So I doubt it. I think they're blowing a lot of fucking Vegas smoke up people's asses here. I think they're just going to dump an echo in everybody's room. Yeah, they're going to do that. And uh, <laughs> the thing about it, too, is like I said, the the fact that we made a conscious decision to put these in our homes, you mm-hmm. know? When I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. I do not want any, I don't want a microphone in my room. I just, yeah, I, I just don't. I think that there should actually be some legal requirement to inform people of, of what they're walking into and, you know, teach them uh, that should be part of the deal. There should be a sheet of paper saying, by the way, yeah, there's got to be a release. Everything is being recorded. If you want to turn it off, here's how you do it. Yeah, because you and I are, are we're savvy enough to know, OK, press the mute button. We don't even yeah. know if the mute button actually works. We just know the light turns on. We just don't we still don't know if the things are being sent to Amazon when the mute button's on. Uh, by the way, if I want it off, I don't do that. I unplug the damn thing. That's that's probably the the wisest move. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be able to unplug it in your hotel room because then maybe you'll steal it. <laughs> the, the Amazon Echo, the new towel. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about Everybody that. Everybody walks off with their echoes. There must be like a market in like creating some sort of lockable device to stick it into now <laughs> yeah it must be must be well, yeah anyways yeah that- <laughs> if you want a free echo go book a room at the win <laughs> there we go <laughs> stay for the view leave with the echo <laughs> so i got my dg everybody says dgi but it's dji uh osmo mobile this week okay. it's, i don't even know what it is so it's a handheld gimbal for your smartphone oh goody so you can take video of your More pe- puppy <laughs> making viral videos walking up and down Venice Boardwalk. Fantastic. Yes, it's pretty much exactly what it is. And uh, and I have the selfie stick attachment that comes today. <laughs> you are such a loser. I Well, here's the deal. I'm working in Final Cut a lot now, learning learning video and stuff. And like taking now what better video- way to learn than videos of your dog? Exactly. But I, w- I would like smooth videos of my dog. But there's there's actually one feature on here that's really good if you're doing if you're like doing walk around the room type of stuff or doing demos uh-huh. and things like that. It w- it has face tracking on it. So you can put it in a stand or on a tripod and on the app actually have it recognize your face and uh-huh. it will follow you anywhere in the room. It's really cool. OK, <laughs> but for the most part, it's uh, it's really good for just ha- like smoothing out handheld video. And it works with my iPhone 7. Looks great. Uh, I just started playing with it a little bit this morning and a little bit the other day. But uh, for 300 bucks, the technology is incredible for 300 bucks, <laughs> And it's a write-off. But yes. check out the video. It's the, the, the actual amount that this thing can stabilize is pretty crazy. You know, these things used to be thousands of dollars years ago. And now they're 300 bucks, and you can hold them in your hand. It's yeah. pretty, I think it's neat. Neat. It's neat. I'm s- I'm so thrilled about how professional all the videos of all those douchebag skateboarders are going to look now. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, man. As soon as the snow melts, I'll be out there with my skater friends taking videos of them, too. <laughs> okay, Joy. Yeah. You don't have to watch them. You can unsubscribe. I, I will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. And if you're looking for something for, uh, you know, that that survivalist that has everything. Oh, boy. I recommend the Flash Torch or the Flash Torch Mini. These are $200 flashlights. Uh, the Flash Torch Mini <laughs> clocks in at 2,300 lumens. Yes. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> or, as the marketing blurb says, use this power to guide your way home, light a fire, or even fry an egg. 
why illuminate when you can incinerate? Exactly. <laughs> and Fucking insane people. <laughs> this thing, this is less than what I paid for uh, my flashlight, which is only like 180 lumens a couple years ago. I mean, granted, my, my flashlight is pretty damn sturdy and it's going to last forever, but 2300 is ridiculous. And uh, this but is, can you fry an egg with your flashlight? Jesus. No, I can't. That's what I'm saying. And if you want to go the bigger route, you can get the flash torch, which is 4,100 lumens. Unfortunately, it's out of stock right now, but it's only $200. It wasn't out of stock the other day. I should have got it then instead of my gimbal. Then I could have fried some eggs and post them on YouTube with shaky video. <laughs> but yeah, they actually do show this thing starting a fire and, and cooking an egg on the website. But for 200 bucks, that's a pretty badass flashlight, I gotta say. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong when somebody finds this and has no idea it's that powerful? Uh, well, yeah, the thing is, I originally got it for walking around San Francisco because it is basically weaponized light. You flash you somebody with that. that. Man <laughs> that's it. When, when the end times come, I can just gather up all the man poo and start a, start a kiln to start making bricks again. So. Oh, man. So uh, I have a little bit of software here. Askjelly.com. Yes. This comes from BizStone, I believe. Uh, so You don't remember me reviewing this like about 100 episodes ago? No, because they, they they pivoted. This is the oh. new version. Okay. Yes, this is the new version, and I, I like to call it Quora for really dumb people who can't Google. That doesn't really have the kind of, it doesn't flow off the tongue like. No, they're saying Jelly is a new kind of search engine without ads that finds people with experience in the area of your question and delivers helpful answers directly to you. When okay. should I use Jelly? Use Jelly anytime. When you've exhausted researching the web and you feel awkward asking your social media friends, then you might want to try asking Jelly. Or if you're at a party and don't want to be that person on your phone, you can ask quickly and get back to talking with people. Jelly will let you know when you have an answer. Or just stay on the phone and have the answer already. I have gotten so many stupid fucking questions <laughs> from this thing. <laughs> I mean, they're beyond belief. And it's... The other one the other day. Who invented the radio? Google it, you dumb fuck. Marconi invented the radio, by the way. But uh, uh, if you can't Google, you, you yes. apparently you have to ask Jelly. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, interesting pivot. I don't care. No, no. I, it, it was fun at the beginning because I went into the podcasting group and I was answering questions. And then I'm like, eh, you know what? Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll I was answer like, all your questions. Or I could get paid for my expertise. Mm-hmm. What I can't yeah. get, what I can't use that money that I get paid for with my expertise is to buy some AirPods. Still I not they're, here. They're, I hear they're shipping. No, it's, uh, as of when? I don't know. I thought somebody said something about it yesterday. Okay, it might have been yesterday then. But uh, I yeah. should ask Jelly. <laughs> ask Jelly, when am I getting my AirPods? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rumor is they've had manufacturing issues uh, with these things because they're apparently hard to make. Um, but yeah. Not yet. I Now that I have a seven, I need these things soon. And I need the little string to hold them together so I don't lose them. Uh, but my the Thunderbolt, or I'm sorry, the Lightning headphones that it came with already destroyed. The microphone doesn't work. And I'm not going to go spend another 35 bucks on another pair of those when I want some Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, that you're going to lose in a week. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the ones with the string, but I haven't found anybody that has a pair that they actually recommend. Do you know right. anybody that has Bluetooth earbuds that they recommend? Jelly. <laughs> oh, it's not a voice service. Okay. No. no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so no AirPods yet. Uh, we'll review them in the new year. Okay, maybe. No AirPods. All right. Well, I found something that harkens back to the days of, of, of early 
GOG podcast and Jason's realm into the the sexual technology area. Um, my it's the pulse, Jason. Mm. Uh, now that I'm in a cold climate, I, I need a whole new way to warm my world. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, this is the Keurig for your junk. <laughs> okay. Would you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? <laughs> uh, basically, it is a single pod pulse. Pod, they come in. They, you, you order little pods of pulse, and it's basically lube that comes out of a nice looking funky container that you put next to your bed. And it's nice, warmed, pre-warmed, loose, <laughs> pre-warmed lubricant pods. Yes. Yes. What I, what, what I like about this thing, it, it, I mean, it's like in the old days, you, you'd pour it on and you rub your hands together. You go like wax up, like, like Mr. Miyagi when he's getting ready to fix Daniel's leg. That's how you used yeah. to warm your lube. Right. Yeah. Well, now, now you have a thing that does it with individual, uh, very expensive lubricant pods. Yeah. So this thing costs two hundred and forty nine dollars and the the lube tubes are um, you get about nine squirts out of them. They're like twenty five bucks. I think it whatever it worked out to about forty nine or forty some cents a squirt. <laughs> um, but what I like about it is it's got mood lighting that you can change. So it's like a Virgin America flight for your JJ. I cannot wait until you can connect this to your Echo. You know, it's coming. Alexa, yes. squirt me. <laughs> Alexa, order me more lube pods. I cannot believe this thing is not an Internet of Things device. It's, you know, because I can't it, believe this thing wasn't kickstarted. I know. <laughs> well, man, yeah, maybe it was. And we're on the it, it finally got past the shipping stage. But this this, you know, we, we, we are on the cusp of the Internet <laughs> of junk. That's what we're looking for in the future. I really like my Keurig for your junk line. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, I tried out some real software this week. Um, I tried Asana, which is project management software. And, and uh, I'm curious, I, how did you like it? It's fine. Um, it does everything that you need to do. I'm not big on on project management software. Um, I like just using things like Slack to keep track of everything. Uh, but I see how this would be useful for larger groups of people. I generally, my projects are two, three, maybe five people tops. If I were working with a mid-sized thing, anything from like 10 to 30 people, I could see how this would be really useful. Um it's all right. It's a little too, it's very basic. It's very simple yet. It's got strange quirks on it. Like, uh, I couldn't figure out how to, how to close a task, like a task. How do I mark a task completed? I Googled this shit. I probably should have <laughs> asked, I should have asked jelly, ask I might jelly. Have an answer in, in three months. It's, it's, it's weird, quirky things like, okay, you just click on the circle that is a little circle graphic that goes with the task. All right, but you have the hamburger menu on the right-hand side that has every other thing that you can do with a task. Why don't you also stick complete task in there? Uh, Why because would you not put that in the menu? <laughs> it was because this was written by Facebook people who, this is like something they used at Facebook and then they left Facebook and built this. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's fine. I, I, I'm glad I learned it. I know how to use it if I, you know, get involved with some sort of, project in the future where say say do you know how to use asana i can say yes i do but uh would i personally bust this out for anything that i'm doing no yeah i've used i've also used trello i've used meister task which we still use for uh the other podcast i'm on and uh to track guests and things like that and all this stuff it's right. like eh, it's okay I, I just don't like the i just don't like the the 
entire idea behind, you know, the cards and the workflow and all that stuff. It just doesn't doesn't grab me at all. I mean, gra- granted, it's better than a Gantt chart, <laughs> but anything is better than a Gantt chart. Yeah. As long as it, trust me, as long as it's not Microsoft Project, <laughs> we're all good there. I don't know. I think I'd almost rather use that than a Sonic. Yeah, that's true. I think the guys at Omni uh, made a really good project management tool, but it was super expensive. We used it at uh, this company, BLT, I was at for a while. Uh, We were starting to get it working, and it worked really well. It was gorgeous. It was much better than Project, and you could export to Gantt chart if you needed to have printouts for your weekly PR, or uh, sorry, HR meeting. Uh, Yeah. Well, Asana is deceptively expensive as well. I mean, it's got the free free level, which is, you know, if you're working with one or two people, fine. But the upsells are ridiculous. Before you know it, you're dropping five hundred to a thousand dollars a month on it. Oof. Yeah. That that that's painful. (laughs) Yep. I'll just use Slack for free. Yep. That's that works. Actually, we pay for Slack at my company because we have like eighteen people on it. But yeah. And and that actually adds up. To a lot of money too. Slack is not cheap when you're when you start to pay. It's like seven bucks a month per person. All right, yeah, that's not cheap. Nope, not at all. Yep. Um, so Skype, they are bringing yes. real time translation to their phone calls now. And this article, I put this article in here. This comes from Mashable, and it says even on old school rotary phones. I'm like that's a stupid headline, <laughs> but basically they mean landlines. So you can call into Skype and and it'll translate for you. I haven't tried this, but. How about you increase phone quality first? Yeah, like maybe on this fucking call that we're on right now that keeps getting dropped every six minutes. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, you know, you can translate it, but I'd rather just actually have a decent call. Yeah, yeah. I hate <clears throat> Skype pretty much is uh, universal, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, if you're on a PC, you can try it out right now, but uh, we're on a Mac and we can't. Yes. And uh, we're coming up on the end of the year. This is probably our last podcast for this year, actually, I think. So it's one of those times a year where people go, fuck it, I'm getting off social media. Uh, And, you know, this kind of thing where and then they're back in February. But if you're serious (laughs) about it, um, there's a nice link. We put a link in the show notes. Uh, Gizmodo came up with a field guide for how to start fresh on social media. So there's some decent apps out there that'll let you go through your Facebook and Twitter and kind of pull all your posts. Um, there's nothing that is just like one stop delete everything, which is a shame because that would be awesome. And who knows if anything is really deleted, which is the kind of bullshit about our social media stuff. Yeah, it's but- not it's not deleted. And I will say the Facebook post manager uh, Chrome extension I, I was almost late to the show because I was playing with it. Uh, works really well. The yeah. only problem is you can only go by month. You, you can select a year and a month and then have it like, you know, either take out the likes or delete the posts or whatnot. It yep. works. It works really well and it's free. So yep. give that a shot if you want to clear out the backlog. And I used to have to do this manually. So this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's good that they're starting to to make these things. Um, It would be nice if you knew you're actually really deleting it for good. But, you know, good enough for now, I suppose. Um, I personally don't give a shit. It is what it is. But uh, I know a lot of people out there would like something like this. So there's a nice guide up there for you to check out. Yeah, it's really well done. I appreciate yep. that link. That was a good good find. Well, thank you very much. And the other good find I had for the week is uh, Lifehacker. Again, uh, talks about Privacy Badger. They've come out with 2.0, and it is a a more robust version of what they were doing before. It's actually I may be trying Privacy Badger and switching over to this uh, full time uh, over like the hodgepodge of various things that I'm currently using. Uh, really good review from Lifehacker on this about uh, the speed that it's actually using and the full suite of tools that you're getting. And it's a uh, you know it's 100 percent free. So. Check it out. 
Here's a problem with that. I tried to check it out this morning. Every time I tried to install it, it said uh, this extension is corrupt. Try oh, delete, problem. delete and reinstall. I did that five times and I could not get it to install. So they're having issues with the with the launch over there. So try it later. Uh, link will be in the show notes. Grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 190. And hopefully they'll get that sorted out because I definitely want to try it. I, I oh, ran the first version, but they're, they're talking about it in the comments on the thread itself. So if you're in a hurry, it looks like somebody's had success now. OK, so we'll see. Yeah, but they were definitely having problems with the rollout. OK, good. Good to know. Good to know that they're on that because I like my free software to be on time and on point. God exactly. <laughs> I don't want to pay for anything and I want it to work perfectly. Mm hmm. Uh, unlike Skype. Anyway, one thing that does not work perfectly and is also seeing a, a mass exodus is Evernote. I am pissed I paid for it. Uh, well, you know what? I canceled my... I, I've been getting rid of Evernote for two months now, just weaning myself off of it and moving things around. Yep. Um, this new one is ridiculous. So they've, they've killed the free tier down to two devices, and the paid version is actually going up in price. Yep. So I canceled I canceled my thing so it will not auto renew in January. So I got lucky. I got to pretty much run out the year on it. I still have to use it for a few things. But uh, yeah, I so you've got a link coming up and uh, let's talk about that. Well, actually, first. So the big thing right now is their new privacy policy is going to allow employees to read your notes. You know why? Because they are going to start running your notes through machine learning algorithms. Why? No idea. No None idea. whatsoever. St keep your hands off my notes. I don't want your machine learning anything about the stuff that I put in your product. You know what I want you to do? Shut up. Their reasoning behind it is we are going to use machine learning to increase the effectiveness of our product and make sure that people who are using it are getting the features that they want and need. You know what your feature is? You save some fucking text. That's exactly. it. Shut and up. <laughs> And I don't want you tracking it, and I don't want your people reading it. It's supposed to be fucking private. It's what I paid for. They're F notes. <laughs> yeah. No, they're notes. That's it. There's yeah. nothing. Every time that you make a quote-unquote improvement in your service, it gets worse. It has gotten worse since day one. When it started out, it was great. Then they added formatting. Nope. All I want are plain text notes. You can't just say, save everything as plain text. You have to go in and quote-unquote simplify formatting. Every time. And it's still rich text. I want plain text. That's it. All yeah. I want. Well, Can't do it anymore. Again, it's it's this is the God view version. Uh, Uber's God view for Evernote. Uh, the employees will be able to look at anything that you do with their stuff. Um, they are They're saying it's an edge case when they have to do it because computers still aren't very good at actually learning things yet. So we have to put in people to make sure that the computers read it right. Well, and they're also claiming that only a limited number of employees who have undergone background checks will be able to access user data. Bullshit. <laughs> and that users will be able to encrypt their notes they consider sensitive to prevent employees from reading them. Another step that I don't want to have to take because my notes should be encrypted already. Exactly. <sighs> there you go. So if you're pissed off, Lifehacker has a large, uh, large article about how to jump ship from Evernote and take your data with you to a number of different uh, and competing options. And a uh, Tip of the hat to Charlie Strauss. Yes, the author, Charlie Strauss, on Twitter, at C. Strauss, who is the one that uh, brought this to my attention. Okay, here's the deal. I went through some of this stuff because, like I said, I've been doing this for a couple months now. Mm -hmm. If you're on a Mac, Apple Notes is surprisingly amazing now. They've done yeah, a good really job. Good. Yeah, they've done a really good job with the latest version. So 99% of everything that Evernote did, you can do in Notes now. And the, important, the export from Evernote and the import into Notes, pretty straightforward. Um, yep. There is some issues with attachments that can be a little dicey. 
Um, but if you're just doing text notes, it's pretty easy. And yeah, notes app, amazingly good. I did the whole thing with Microsoft OneNote. Don't do it. I for the love Microsoft of God. OneNote. Yeah, I think it's one of the worst programs ever invented. It's hideous. It does. It barely works. It's got an interface from 97. Um, there's nothing good about Microsoft OneNote. I mean, yeah, you can get the free app on your phone and your iPad and all that stuff or your 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 uh, whatever the PC one is surface. Um, but for the for the most part, OneNote is just a shit show. It is. It yep. is the dumpster fire of note taking. Stay away from it. But uh, yeah, just for a quick and dirty fix, go to Apple Notes. Um, or if you're on a PC, go to Notepad. Does the same thing. Save text files. Just stay away from Evernote, man. Those guys are just, they have shit the bed. Yep. So, uh, speaking of, uh, where does, where does one shit? Where a bear, where, oh where boy. does that happen? <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to connect the dots on that one. It just weak work. It was very weak. Um, it's funny that I was, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out another option that's not notes that is a little bit more robust. And I came across Bear, which is the, you know, the Apple app of the year. And I went and grabbed it and installed it on all my devices and signed up for the year package, which was like $14.99 a year because you get a full month trial. Right. If you sign up for the weekly or the monthly, you get a week trial. I'm like, well. That doesn't make any sense. Why, why would I sign up for that if I don't even know if it's going to work yet? So the trick is sign up for the year-long uh, paid Bear Pro, and you get a month to try it out, and then you can cancel your subscription if it doesn't work for you, and then you get more time to try it out. Um, so far, it's nice. I haven't started porting anything over to it, but I like the interface. I like the themes. It's got a nice gray theme, and the fonts look nice. It looks like a nicely designed Evernote. And, it looks uh, it's very nice. I'm going to go on the uh, two-year program in that this will be all be available completely for free within Apple Notes in two years. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it's uh, the one thing that I don't like is they don't have multiple notebooks and they don't have folder structures. You use tags for everything, but you can use nested tags mm-hmm. to to use that as your uh, your hierarchy if you want to you know nest things and have uh, subcategories and things like that. So far, I like it for sure. Cool. Right. The next little bit of software I want to talk about is Masterclass. I told you I'm taking the James Patterson uh, class on writing. Mm-hmm. Really fun, but man, they're coming out. They're coming out with some major names now. You've got Dead Mouse on electronic music production coming up, and you've got Cooking with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, those look like fun, and they're only ninety bucks. For you know, depends yeah. on depends on the actual class how much video it is. I know my my. Uh, there's hours worth of video in my the, my writing class. Uh, Dead Mouse, I think, is like four hours plus of video. Same with Gordon Ramsay, and I'm taking the Gordon Ramsay class. That looks great. I, I watched the the previews on these. Dead Mouse just looks like he's annoyed and pissed off the whole time. <laughs> well, that's kind of Dead Mouse. So fair yeah, enough. <laughs> but he's even funny about it. He's like, yeah, if you're terrified of getting on stage in front of people, put on a fucking helmet. <laughs> That's what he says in the, in the actual <laughs> thing. They, they do have lots of swears in there, so it is for adults. Um, but for 90 bucks, I still want to do the Aaron Sorkin class. I want to actually take them all because they're all really good, and I could learn something from all of them. Yep, I agree. They seem yeah. pretty interesting. I mean, they're definitely finding best in field for a lot of oh, stuff, yeah. so that's amazing. Yeah, whoever put this thing together is killing it. I want to I want to do some digging on them for next year and find out who who's behind that because, man, yeah. all of this, there's so many, you know, so many different sites like Skillshare and Udemy and all this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want Joe Schmo in his closet with a webcam teaching you how to do anything. We want to get the best in field. 
Yeah, and that's Grumpy what they're doing. Teaching you how to podcast. Hey, <laughs> we're available. We are available, sadly. Media Candy. Brian. Yes. Have you watched any of the White Rabbit Project yet? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to save you some time because I have. Yep. Don't. Yeah, but you didn't like the B-team on Mythbusters. I like those guys, and I like their chemistry. Okay, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen on television. Wow, that bad, huh? It is that bad. Grant Imahara needs to be taken out back behind the woodshed and shot. Carrie is an evil C, as the kids would say. What? And Tori is a doofus. Well, they took. Yeah, but here's the thing. They took their personalities that they had when they were doing B-team work on Mythbusters and turned it up like 10 notches. I'm not going to say they went to 11 because going to 11 is cool. There's nothing cool about this show. It's terrible. Utterly right. terrible. I am not I'm I'm not going to believe you. I'm going to have to watch this for myself because again, I like them. I like their chemistry and I think that there are a million things that could be worse, which is basically everything that is supposedly on the Discovery Channel or whatever the hell it's called these days, which, you know, it's all bullshit. Like, did the Nazis really get to the moon? And it's all voiceovers <laughs> with no fun. Those are the shows that have replaced Mythbusters. So this has to be better. Uh, well, I don't have Discovery, so I don't watch that crap. All right. <laughs> I, oh, oh, you know what I will say, though? Mozart in the Jungle on Amazon Prime is pretty good. I binge watched like six episodes last night. I really like that show. I have heard that's fantastic. So that's- it's really good. I'm just like, I, I saw that it got picked up for season three, and I'm like, okay, well, there must be something to it. And I was looking for a comedy, something funny. Wait, did you follow my rule there? No, I just hadn't hadn't heard it. Got of it. picked I, up for a third season, therefore it must be okay. <laughs> no, that that's different because I hadn't heard of it until I saw the note that it got picked up for a season for season three. Okay. Fine. So at that point, I'm like, oh, I'll check it out because there's. It wasn't because they were at season three. It's because I hadn't heard of the show. All right. Well, I will watch White Rabbit when I get back, and I'll. In 2017, you will hear if Jason is completely wrong about that. Absolutely um, not. And that, check out check out Mozart in the Jungle. I think you'll like it. It's pretty funny. I, I will. I'll definitely take a look at it. Um, something else for 2017. The Sherlock Season 4 trailer has dropped and looks fantastic. I am so excited I binged the show, and I'm all caught up, and I can't wait for some new episodes. Yes, welcome to the rest of us, finally. It's yes, good. I'm very excited. So stop doing some, so damn many movies, Cumberbunch. I know. You and your Cumberbitches. Get on Sherlock. It's it's a great show, and I can't wait for the fourth season. The trailer looks fantastic. Very excited. I don't know if this is going to be the last season. I hope not. But I hope not too. It's a great show, and yeah. you know the seasons are three episodes. They're three episodes, but it's like three movies because they're two hours long. You very, know, very true. Um, the OA is a new show coming out on Netflix tomorrow. Well, actually, by the time this airs, it'll be today. Hopefully, with all the editing I have to do today, maybe it'll be the same day. Who knows? Anyway, uh, the OA got into the news because Netflix did some stuff on their Twitter feed and their Instagram feed that got people a little bit upset. Did you watch any of the uh, the trailers or the uh, the Twitter videos? I watched the trailer and I was wholly unexcited about anything yeah it looks kind of weak but it looks, uh, it looks like wow stranger things and westworld did really well let's cobble something together yeah but you know they were working on this a long time before that so yeah i know i know 
the interesting thing about it was I did watch the the Twitter video that got everybody kind of up in arms, people who have had to deal with suicides. And it's a girl that runs across the Golden Gate Bridge and jumps off. Yeah. With, and the people that are watching have a kid in the car. I can see where that might upset a few people, but it's television. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect you're going to get from Netflix's Twitter account? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to show promos for their fucking shows. I mean, that's pretty much it. it. <laughs> This is like people who follow Coca-Cola getting upset about there being like, you know, sugary drinks being promoted. What oh, the my fuck God. Is diabetes. <laughs> Shut up. Jesus. I mean, people complain about the dumbest fucking shit. Yet, you know, Russians took over our election. Ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Point, Brian. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, did you check out their Instagram feed, though? Uh, I did. That was a that was well done. I think yeah, they did a really was, nice job on their Instagram feed, and the tiling that they did on that had to be a bitch. Just no, the, great idea, well executed. Uh, must have been a pain in the ass. Yeah, totally. That must have taken some time. Um, you know, this is the kind of work that I'd like to be doing. So, you know, anybody out there with a ton of cash to do really interesting things, hire me. This is yeah. the cool shit that I'd like to do. This is what this is the kind of stuff I tell people. Hey, let's do something really innovative and interesting. Is that going to cost money? Yeah, fuck it. Yep, that's pretty much that's what we used to do. This that the level that they used for their Instagram is like the quality that we used to make in the nineties. Exactly. This is what we used to do for for businesses and for you know bands and for movies and TV shows. That's what we used to do. And now when somebody comes out and does it, everybody's like, oh my god, how innovative. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, somebody's gone back in the Wayback Machine and, and saw what we did back in the day. <laughs> That's Anyways. about it. Spend some money, get some great results. That's how it works. But they did a, they did a really good job on that one, so kudos to them. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I think know I know that... Are you going to watch the show? I don't know if I'm going to. I'm on the fence about it, but I was going to say, unfortunately, I think I know the team that did that, and that's the team that got me fired from <laughs> one of my previous jobs. So yeah. while they did a great job, go die in a fire. Okay. <laughs> Since it's Christmas, the next thing I have up is an older movie by Danny Boyle. Uh, it's called Millions. It is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Have you seen this movie, Brian? I have not. You have to go watch this movie. It is okay. Danny Boyle. It's like right at not too long after Train Spotting. It's 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 bizarre, but it's fun. Uh, it's got it, this is when the the pound was going away, like the old pounds and the money yeah, yeah. switch over, and it had a you know a train robbery and just this kid with a great imagination, and it's. It's a surprisingly good movie. I was my dad and I watched it one Christmas and we were both just like floored by how good it was. So uh, this is definitely one of my go to crazy feel good Christmas movies. I highly recommend everybody go check it out if you can. I will definitely watch it. I've never even heard of it. So cool. Uh, Despicable Me 3 trailer dropped today. Uh, Very funny. I love these movies. I don't know if you've watched any of them, Jason. They are fantastic. You don't need to have a kid to like them. They're fun. I watched the first movie. And I worked on some stuff for Minions, uh, their web stuff and their universal stuff for Minions 2. Um, but uh, yeah, this was one of the funniest trailers I think I've ever seen. I was I was howling. <laughs> uh, you should see Despicable Me too. then. Uh, I, it's really good. Uh, I, I can't wait for this movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great cast. Good times. Um, very funny stuff. So super exciting. And I also like the I like the callback to the uh, the Apple uh, squirt gun emoji. If you know yeah. what you're looking at, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very funny too. 
Um, and then the Muppets uh, have new life going on, even though the show was canceled. Uh, they're still cranking out stuff and putting it up on YouTube. And I've got to say, uh, Pigs in Space are back. Uh, first time in 20 years there's a new episode of Pigs in Space. Man, they never would have gotten away with this back in the day. It is funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure how much of this is for kids. This one's straight up for adults. It was a good time. No, it was really <laughs> good. Um, and it, from what I heard from the, the series, it, it was supposed to be for adults too. And that was what kind of made it fail. This did not fail. This was really funny. <laughs> no, um, I did. I actually, I watched the Muppet series and I think that was the problem. It was too insider Hollywood. Uh, it was Hollywood elite. Didn't, didn't appeal to the Trump audience. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Well. So it was still funny, though. Uh, but this is fantastic. This is I, I always loved the pigs in space stuff when I was a kid. I was rolling. It's like three minutes and I was dying. So. I know it was so good. <laughs> I thought it was a movie trailer. But then when I, watched, I got into it. I'm like, oh, this isn't a trailer. This is an episode. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they do a lot more. So that was good stuff. Uh, so I, I'm a fan of Pendulette and I follow him on Twitter. And he had a uh, a link to a new TV series that he was involved in called Unlocked, The World of Games Revealed. Oh boy. Um, it's an eight part documentary on video games and just all the different aspects of it. And I went it, it came out today. You can go mm -hmm. buy it. Uh, it's 20 bucks. But it looked really interesting from the trailer. And so I went and bought it. It's 20 bucks. And you can get it on Amazon, iTunes, and some Google shit that some people like. But uh, I went with iTunes because as much as I like Amazon and their Amazon Prime video, it does have problems. So I know on my Apple TV, I can just download it and play it without any streaming hiccups. Because I yeah. have had some streaming hiccups, especially lately with the Grand Tour. Um, there have been sync issues, I've noticed, with the voice. So I've had to like reboot my TV. <laughs> since it's built into the TV to actually make it play right. So I just said, screw it. I'll download it and go from there. So I spent, I dropped the 20 bucks. So next week I will have, or not next week, next year, I will have the, the review of unlocked the world of games revealed. Okay. Woohoo. Um, I'm excited about star Trek. That's been pushed back. Uh, apparently now it's going to be in may and on CBS online. So I'm gonna have to buy the stupid app or pay their whatever to watch this thing what's it, you know am, what sucks about that i got that hmm. coupon for cbs yeah they came with my tv yep i was gonna save it for this star trek thing expires by then right yep yep yeah well bitch. once they pushed it the coupon's gonna expire and there's nothing i want to watch on cbs so i threw it away <laughs> that's a that's a load of crap um do you watch the walking dead by any chance because i do not yes i do all right do you then you know this actress um i'm not even going to attempt the first name Shaniqua Martin Green. All right. That's how you spell Shaniqua. Never knew that. I, I think there are there are varied spellings of Shaniqua, and uh, <laughs> I could be actually saying it wrong. I, it okay. could be it could be Sonequa. Well, but, uh, I'm going with one Shaniqua. way or one way or another. We will know how her name is actually pronounced because she is going to be the star now of Star Trek Discovery, which also makes sense why it won't be premiering in January, as we thought, since they just cast her. Yep. No, they're 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 definitely way behind. And as a fan of the well, as a previous fan of The Walking Dead, yes. I, I, I wrote it off this year. I was I watched the first episode and I was just like, eh, this is getting silly. And then I went back and I watched every episode. I like just, you know, went to Sweden and got all the episodes and got caught up. And now I'm kind of like hooked again. <laughs> and now that doesn't come back till February. But yeah. she's a great actress. She's fantastic. I can't I think she's a great pick. She'll be really good. I have no, no I have no complaints about her whatsoever. She's she's gorgeous. She's she can emote very well because, you know, <laughs> after you watch somebody, you know, deal with zombies, you can really tell if they're a good actor or not. 
and she's a great actor. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it as well. Uh, Michelle Yeoh from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is apparently going to be the captain. Uh, no way! In a, in a, oh. you know, but what they're doing is in a change. Instead of the main character being the captain this time, uh, Shaniqua is going to be the main character as the lieutenant commander. So That's they're going to follow her perspective of the whole thing. So I'm, I'm, I mean, the more I hear about the show, you know, you always get worried when it gets pushed back so far. But the more I hear, the more I'm into it. I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, that 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 whole change of perspective actually kind of got me a little excited too. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I like that. They're like, yeah, we're tired of following the captains. <laughs> you yeah, know? I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because when you get somebody like Michelle Yeoh playing the captain, I mean, she's a powerhouse. Like, yeah, no but doubt. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of good stuff out of it, and if it follows the trend of most of these, it'll run for six to eight years, and then we'll get a movie. So good enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm down now. This this actually has kind of reinvigorated my my excitement for the show because I didn't really have much coming in, yep. coming up till now, but she's a great actress and I love the fact that they're going, they're, they're breaking the mold with it, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty excited too. Um, and then I've had something in my show notes forever and I kind of forgot about it. So I just dropped this in now. So if you're looking for something new to listen to, there's a group called dark. It's spelled D period, a period, R period, K period uh goth club music uh it's a basically a mash of the cranberries and the smiths it's a super group the album came out in september i really enjoyed a lot of it it's it's good stuff so um you know dolores O'Riden from the cranberries the lead singer so you get her voice over a club track that was partially written by andy rourke from the smiths um it's interesting cool stuff I, I think it's well worth a listen so i finally decided to just pull this out of the links and even though it's kind of old drop it in there yeah, I was really confused when I started going through this. I'm like, this is old. And <laughs> I was like, oh, when's this dropping? And they say it's dropping Friday. And I like, look, and I'm like, oh, wait, September and <laughs> Friday. Yeah, well, you know, nobody really pays attention to music that much anymore anyway. So yeah, no. So, well, so I went in my Amazon music account and added it to my list and started listening to it. I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. I think it's really good. I hope they do more. So yeah, as a Cranberry super fan, I really was nice. It was nice to hear her voice again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I go with uh, Neil Young's new Pono streaming service, I can hear it in HD. <laughs> Neil does not know when to quit. I was a little surprised you didn't put this in Moron of the Week, but I guess it's a good transition. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, still, you know, he's still keeping on keeping on with that Pono. Yeah, because the, you know, the Toblerone playing device that had the downloads <laughs> in high definition is now... Basically, doing their rebuilding title, which is doing ever so well, the high definition streaming yeah. service. Yeah. Good luck with that, Neil. I'm glad that you have so much money to blow on stuff. It's fantastic. Moron of the week. So, in Venice, well, I, I technically live in Santa Monica, but Venice Beach is very close by. We have this lovely little string of lights that say Venice down Venice Boulevard, right by the ocean, and every Christmas season. There's a bunch of holiday lights that go there and the, the sign changes colors to green and red. And it's all very Christmassy in a place that is 95 degrees for most of Christmas. Um, the lighting uh, was supposed to take place a couple uh, about a week and a half ago, I believe. I wasn't there, sadly. Um, I've gone many times in the past. It's fun. All the locals kind of go out there and then we go get drunk. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the lights did not uh, get switched on when they were supposed to uh, because of snap. Or Snapchat. Now they call themselves Snap Inc. Oh, um, Snap. The power, <laughs> the switch that powered the lights that was supposed to go on to signify Christmas were on a rooftop access through the offices leased by Snapchat, who 
in previous years had given people the key. Unfortunately, Snapchat did not hand over the key, so the lights didn't go on in time. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, well done. They were they were too busy at their minion looking <laughs> device <laughs> trying to sell some glasses. Yes. So thanks a lot, Snapchat. And uh, in probably my favorite holiday news of the year, uh, McDonald's Christmas coffee cups have gone viral, much like Starbucks did last year. However, this time time for uh, even more fun. Um, link in the show notes. You can take a look at the photo. Apparently, those are supposed to be mittens. You know, when this thing came out, I, I did some Google image searching to see if this whole thing was fake and I couldn't find like the, the thing. So I let it go. But since this is coming from the UK, maybe this is the UK coffee cup. Yes, it, I believe it's the UK coffee cup. It's actually not here, sadly. Um, okay. It is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it is basically, um, I, I saw a Goatsy version. Design matters, people. Design matters. Now, if you've seen the, the Goatsy version where somebody actually like stuck a pencil where the butthole would be and just filmed <laughs> coffee pouring out of it. Yes. If you haven't seen that version, it makes it all the better. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I think it might have been Shenny from Boing Boing. She tagged it. This is what 2016 feels like. Yeah, I agree with that. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. Ooh, fancy. Jason and I found basically the same conceptual link this week without even knowing it, which is kind of amusing. Uh, I found a link on Mental Floss 15 unique illnesses you can only come down with in German. And for, these are actually quite real. Um, they, Kevin Ismus is a real one. Uh, at some point in the last couple of decades, parents in Germany started coming down with this this thing, a strange propensity to give their kids wholly un-German American sounding names like Justin, Mandy, and obviously Kevin. Um, there are 15 of these, and uh, there's some overlap with randomly what Jason found. Yeah, so this is funny because I, I posted a video on Facebook from uh, the BuzzFeed Germany mm -hmm. uh, that had the 21 perfect German words we need in English. Yes. And there's some really great ones in here. And it's funny, Zainzucht is in here, which I have all, all already knew, of course, from my love of Rammstein. Yes. Uh, an intense yearning for something far off and indefinable. Yes, <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that every day, my friends. Yes. But these are really fun. Uh, definitely uh, Zugzwang. Feeling pressure to make a strategic move when you would rather do nothing. Yes, have that every day, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I kind of feel that the word of 2016 uh, is in here, and it's a very German concept. Weltschmerz. Yep. Uh, or world pain. That's about it. It's a sadness brought on by, by a realization the world cannot be the way you wish it would be. It's more painful than ennui. <laughs> it is it is because it's it's half deutsch so it's always yes. more painful yes. uh and the in in going through these words i found one of my new favorite places it's called forvo f-o-r-v-o.com mm -hmm. it's the pronunciation dictionary yes which we need a lot on this show <laughs> so oh, yes it does I was uh, I was putting up all of these words except the ones I didn't know because I, I still have a little german left in me i can count to forever in german but i can't <laughs> pronounce half this stuff um but forvo is pretty cool so if there's a word that you need to pronounce just put it in there and there is somebody who will say it for you it's kind of nice it is very kind of it's it's great it gets you things like Liebenschmuckigkeit, ausgezeichnet civilization krankenheit are you kidding me love it Scientists have now discovered a way to send text messages through chemicals. Oh, thanks. 
Yeah, they're figuring out different ways to to send signals through different bits of chemistry so you can have connectivity in places where like electromagnetic signals don't really work that well. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting proof of concept. I got to give them that. It's it's kind of neat, but uh, usable? Eh, probably not for another 10 years. Well, you know, all. Jason, <laughs> there's no chain of command around here. So just send me a message any way you want. <laughs> well, I'll send it to you through through some uh, household chemicals. Oh, thanks. Uh, in the what could possibly go wrong files, British Airways has patented a digital pill to monitor in-flight happiness. The concept being you take this pill when you get on your flight and the uh, staff then monitors you to see if you're a, a little bit dehydrated um, or perhaps just a tad hungry or a little bit cold and uh, they will take care of you. What could go wrong with that? I, I have no idea what could possibly go wrong with that. Um, what happens if you crap out the pill? Um, <laughs> that would be pretty quick. I guess if you got the squirts. <laughs> well, um, then you know that, you know, the, the, then they know something was wrong with the fish. <laughs> Here's the deal. They can't get my cracker order right. What? Why am I going to eat their fucking pill? <laughs> Look, I just want a pill that says, yes, bring me another drink. Yes. Uh, you know what? That's just that's your arm on the button. That just the co you know what you need. You need a cocktail button. That's it. Yeah. When the cocktail is, they. you know what? Remember that uh, cup that would, uh, tell you what you're drinking yes uh, i forget what that thing was called but uh they need those on every flight so when it gets empty it sends a signal up to the front to come refill they just call it the refill we can kickstarter yeah. that it's pretty straightforward that's all i want i want a refill done and done got it and finally speaking of taking a poop if you get the bad <laughs> fish on your plane and you finally make it out hopefully you're at one of these destinations um i can't i love this article seven of the world's most picturesque places to poop as you said, the Russians have hacked our elections and we're talking about the seven places you can go take a dump. <laughs> well, many of them happen to be in the USA, uh, some in Canada. Uh, I particularly, I, I feel like I need to go to uh, New Zealand because the Redwoods toilet in Rotura, New Zealand looks fantastic. Although I'm, that's, that uh, the fact that it has a shower right behind it looks a little skeevy. <laughs> that is a pretty funky one. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that I was surprised about uh, was that they didn't have Necker Island in here. I'm not aware of that. Oh, that's the home of Richard Branson or is his island home. Mm. He has there's a very famous crapper at uh, Necker Island called the throne room. And there is a crown that you can put on your head when you are taking a dump. And it is open to the sea and you can just stare at the sea. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. And you can listen to the cure, obviously, while you're staring at the sea uh, with your crown on your head, taking a dump at Richard Branson's house. Wow. That sounds fantastic. And as Doug just Doug said on the comments, crappy article. Comment of the week. Our first iTunes comment comes from Hari22. I love, love the show. And the thing about this is uh, there are emojis yep. in, in here. There are hearts. Uh, I did not know that emojis worked in iTunes review. So get creative, people. We want to see some profound re profound reviews with this new technological discovery. And thank you, Hari22. We love you, too. Thus come all the poop emoji reviews. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doug, just Doug. Um, then we got some uh, comments through GrumpyOldGeeks.com. The first is from Matt Krieger. Uh, great show. Just wanted to make a quick correction. Canada isn't the first mirror for the Internet Archive. Actually, Egypt and the Library of Alexandria beat Canada to it by many years. Well, thank you for that. Did not know that. Did not know that the Biblioteca Alexandrina. Yes, very nice. No, it's cool. There's we have an article linked in the show notes about that. So definitely go check that out. Thank you very much, Matt. That's appreciated. 
to be fair, Egypt, not so stable. <laughs> True that. Next one comes from Ivor. Surely this has to be a contender for the net's not dead. Well, the net's not dead is actually not a section, but we're going to keep it anyway. Uh, <laughs> 26 times shit got way too fucking real in Britain in 2016 from BuzzFeed. And, it was quite, uh, I enjoyed it. That was very funny. It was very chucklerific for sure. I, I quite enjoyed this one. So thank you very much, Ivor. Yes, thank you. Our next comes from John Rogers. Uh, just listening to a recent episode and your reference to nipples. Of course, I trust you realize that without nipples, boobs would be pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown? Is that, Mind is that what blown. that sound effect was? Yeah, we need the boom crash, I think, is what we need. The rim shot. Um, just for the record, I've been a grumpy old geek since about 1982. Enjoy the show and the banter. Drives my bride nuts. Well, that's some ringing endorsement from the ladies. Next one comes from Amer. Comment. Hi, guys. I'm writing to show my support for your authenticity. I know some of your listeners are not happy about the political commentary you guys provide, but for me, it's really important to hear them. I've been listening to several podcasts before the election and after the election. You're one of only a handful I can stand. By the way, I'm an immigrant Muslim female who may be adversely affected in the coming years. I understand other podcasts are sticking to their business agenda because it's not a platform for politics. But what's happening to our country and across the world is more than politics. It's about humanity. Is our purpose here on Earth just about business? I'm sorry to be going on about some existential rant on this technology podcast, but truly, the days after the election, I found so much comfort listening to your authentic reaction. Even if you don't talk politics going further, I want to thank you for speaking your mind on those podcasts because it's not business as usual. Thank you again. Well, thank you, Amr. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you, Amr. And, uh, you know, just so you know, we, we stand with you 100 percent. You know, we, we're trying to scale it back a bit, but I think uh, what we feel is bleeding through regardless. Um and it's going to uh, as we go through this stuff. And, and there's no way for it not to. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, um, the adverse effects on the technology realm are, are huge. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, we're, we're fucking liberals that are just shutting up about it for the most part. But fuck Trump. Thanks for all the feedback. Head over to grumpyoldgeeks.com and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air and... <laughs> And piss off half of our audience. Well, on the plus side, anybody that actually listened to Trump, they only read headlines, so they never made it this far into the podcast. <laughs> Closing shout outs. The word of the year for 2016, at least according to Slate, is not a word. It's a number. I agree with this. Uh, we don't need uh, post facts. We don't need anything. The word of the year for 2016 is fucking 2016. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this has just been uh, sure. My son was born. That was awesome. David Bowie dead. Prince dead. Zika. Brexit. Trump. Alan Rickman year. dead. Alan Rickman. Just Alan Thick. Alan Thick. Alan Rickman. Yeah. So many. So many. So many. I, this has been a crappy year. And, and really, you can't blame us for all of it because there's only a few things. I particularly like this one little aside. 2016. All right, fuck you. I'm killing everyone you like. Me. Fine. We're eight months in. I've built up a soul callus. I'm immune, <laughs> immune to your evil, 2016. There's nothing more for you to take. 2016 leans in. What about Gene Wilder? Me. You son of a bitch. And 2016, <laughs> the, the proof that things can always get worse. Yes. Uh, yes. We live in a dystopia and it can always get worse. So thank you so much, 2016. I and, recommend uh, everybody go back and watch the John Oliver 2016 end of year special because I think he peaked early on that one. So go back and watch <laughs> it for New Year's Eve and then and then just close it out and let's get on with some business next year. 
Agreed. And I want to give a shout out to uh, this particular artist. Uh, her name is Aria Watson. She created a series called Hashtag Signed by Trump as a final for her project for her photography class. This is very not safe for work. The link is in the show notes. I found this to be very moving and quite profound. So because well there done. are gasp nipples. <laughs> yeah. The and only reason it's not safe for work. Yeah, pretty much. Um, or if you're quite, working in the new White House, it's definitely not safe. Yeah, for you're work. not going to enjoy that very much either. So there you go. Have yourself a Trumpy little Christmas. See you in 2017. All right. My shout out. My main shout out goes to the Doggy Depot in Downers Grove. Now, Brian, you have to deal with child care now. And I finally have been able to deal with puppy care. And these people have saved me. I now have time to myself because my little Bam Bam gets to go to the Doggy Depot a couple times a week and play with other doggies while I have my life back for just a little while. So I love these people. The first day I, I took her there, they gave me a little uh, uh, a little note from Bam Bam saying, I had so much fun. I met my new doggy friends and they had pictures and a video on Facebook of them playing together. That is that is some customer service right there. So if you're in the neighborhood and need to to crate your dog for a while, take them to the doggy depot and thus endeth, thus endeth the unpaid ad. And thus endeth the fourth beer. <laughs> and also uh train spotting we covered that on this week in does it have legs number 38 we're back so go check out go to grumpyoldgeeks.com and you can find that episode we're not dead yet we're not dead yet and we do have a special episode coming out next week with chris Pacioni from the grime life podcast he and i are doing a christmas movie just for you guys so i'm jason defilippo all my info and links are at about.me slash jpd and i god i hope the christmas movie is die hard I'm Brian uh, Schulman. You can follow <laughs> Sweet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Slender Fungus. Thanks for listening to the Grumpy Old Geeks. If you'd like to help us out, please visit Patreon.com/GOG and sign up. Even as little as a buck a month helps keep us on the air, and we do take one-time donations. Just go to GrumpyOldGeeks.com and click on the PayPal link in the sidebar. If you're cheap or broke, but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a glowing review and five stars. And at the very least, please share the show with your friends. Grumpyoldgeeks.com is where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, ask us questions that we can read on the air, or find links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. We have our new subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash GOG podcast. Join in and throw us some links that we can use on the show. We're also on Twitter at GOG podcast and on Instagram at grumpyoldgeeks. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 190. Thanks again to 1Password for their support of Grumpy Old Geeks. Wolverines!